Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I seek the wisdom of nature in healing. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we are your weekly love, sex, relationships and everything show. Uh, and everything today is that we're branching out into healing, nature, medicine, and inner wisdom. And lost wisdom. Lost wisdom. Lost knowledge. And I know that on, certainly if you've come to us through thewellnesscouch.com, I mean, that is, all of these topics are the philosophies, you know, of, of the whole couch. Is There's so much information and so many amazing interviews on the couch about your body, eating, thinking, moving, and getting back to raw primal basics and getting back to listening to your inner intuition and letting your body guide you back to better choices. Jane and I, of course, want to take a bit of a different spin because that's what we do. That's it. <laughs> and Jane, why is this topic pertinent to you? What do you want to bring to it today? I feel a burning desire in my life to really be able to embrace what every piece of nature has to offer in wisdom, in in healing, it all start. Well, it's been something that's been burning in me for a long time. Is that, you know, if we burn a hand, I don't want to run to the chemist and get the latest burn cream. I want to know, do you grab a tomato and you put that on because that takes the sting out, and then you go and get the aloe vera plant and you crack it open and you put that on and that helps heal. I want to. I want to have this wisdom. And see, our grandmothers knew all of this. Well, I feel like I've I've definitely known this at a high level in a past life, and I've lost all of it. But I'm thinking in like one generation, we've lost all of that. Our grandmothers were cleaning their houses with lemon juice, vinegar, and baking powder, and that's all they used for hundreds of years to get everything fine. Uh, maybe not hundreds of years, but they've always only had very very natural basic things in the house. Yes, beeswax or this or that to clean, and we've lost. All that knowledge in like one generation, I know. and and not and I'm not, not even limiting it to that. It's all the stuff you're saying. You know, if these people that lived on these big farms and properties, you know, if something went wrong, there was no doctor. What were you going to do? You had to know. You had to run out to the herb garden. You had to run out to the veggie garden, or you know, make your own compress, or you know, um, I can't even. I haven't got the words for it. But when it, um, tourniquet, you know, things like that. And women just knew, or they had their Culpepper's Herbal, which was like the Bible for like 300 years of herbalism. It was in every English household, every cottage, every hill and dale had this book in it. But this is this is what I would love to go back to or forward to, whichever way you look at it. And this is what I wish I could wave a wand and mysteriously um, find a whole heap of time to research and implement. And, well, I'm just going to have to manifest it and make it happen because it's becoming more and more important. So I'm not living, I'm not walking my talk yet. I'm exploring how am I going to do this because this is something I really want to bring into my life. Well, something I reckon people can do who are blessed enough to still have our elders around us, those grandparents who have not yet passed away, who did live through the Depression era, through World War II, you know, through all of those amazing times in the 20th century, you might find they still have some eccentric ways. You know, they might go and eat something funny for breakfast or have half a clove of garlic if they feel something coming on or, you know, whatever they do. And I think it would be great to open up some conversations with them about. So, you know, back in the wartime or the Depression, era what did you do if you didn't have money for medicine or a doctor or how did you birth when you were out in the country or you know and those yes. sorts of, and I'd love to see what sort of knowledge they could pass down well I find that you know yes we've spoken before about living chemically free and I've got lots of products at home that I go and buy that are hopefully in glass bottles many of them are in plastic bottles but I'm still buying stuff 
I want to make my own. I want to have my garden so that I, I can just grab what I need. So I want to stop buying this stuff. Because it's easier in the short term. It's cheaper and quicker and just the lazy option, right? Is that it, a, it, it, it's, it's the way it probably I, is. And I think that this probably is going to take quite a bit of preparation to really get into it. But I think I just start with one thing. You know, it was interesting that the thought process behind, I, I just feel like buying chemical free is not cutting it enough for me now. I need to go the next step. And there was an interesting post on Facebook because we can't get through an episode without mentioning, mentioning that we've researched on Facebook. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us everyone (laughs) but there was an interesting article about the power of an onion and uh and it was somebody that actually knew that had and if you're wondering what the noise is there's a leaf blower outside we can't do anything about it that's reality jane's (laughs) going to raise her voice it's real um and so this uh, person I knew had a household of uh, people that were had colds, coming down with colds. She felt she was getting one and her child felt she was getting one. So she cut an onion in half and she put the onion on the sole of her foot and the same on her child's and then she bandaged it and put on some bed socks and slept with it. Now, the theory is that, ox, uh, that onions are um, toxic. They'll draw the toxins away. And apparently the next morning, besides the fact that her bedroom and her child's bedroom smelt like there'd been a slow cooker in there yeah she they both felt great and she went on to say that you know we we cut onions up we know to put onions in our uh, fridges to get with there's something that's gone off and there's a smell in there you put your onion in and it will over time get rid of the smell because it, it absorbs the toxins please don't then cut it up and put it on your sandwich the next day because you're then eating all of those toxins um but it made me question you know, a lot of people had posted, great idea, I'm going to try that. But then a whole heap of people said, oh, it's ridiculous, it's all in your head, it's placebo. And this is the old wives' tales, superstition, folklore. It's immediately put back onto the witch burnings. Oh, that's just the old grandma's crap knowledge that's not, you know, scientifically validated. Yes. String them up. And I thought, what is the thought process that has people trusting a pill that's filled with artificial, chemical, Man. chemically made, man-made, synthetic stuff that they know nothing about they've got no idea what's in it there's 50 ingredients on the bo- on the bottle but they'll put that in their mouth trusting that that is going to do the job but they have a fear of putting an onion on their foot well i blame the 1950s and 60s jane and this okay. is this is my rebecca's rebecca's theory. rebecca's theory um because i see this in my mother god love her she was born my mother was born in 1939 and which in itself can i just bring this in because this is fascinating when you think about it, your your parents were parented, obviously, by the generation before them. So my mother was parented by almost, by people who basically been grown, been raised in the late Victorian era. So she was actually instilled with quite old-fashioned values, right? And then I was parented by her. So in some way, my parenting, you know, some of the beliefs, they go back 100 years. Yes. You can think of it that yes. way. You know, it's quite fascinating. But my mother was absolutely a product of her time, and she grew up in America in the 50s. Now, what was America in the 50s? It was post-bomb, post-war. It was everyone's getting back to life, utopia. We're just going to pretend like everything's fine, Stepford wives, you know, perfect wives and husbands and all of this kind of thing. And with that came science is God. 
you know, men in white coats. They stopped feeding babies breast milk. They gave them formula. You know, they, they started doing, they started interrupting with lots of natural things that had basically been natural since the dawn of time. And in the 50s, for the first time, we came along with stethoscopes, machines that went bing, stretches, hospitals, you know, stats and graphs and scientific studies and all this stuff was starting to really intervene in mainstream health and wellness. So my mother, to this day, of course, she's been so indoctrinated with this idea that unless a man in a white coat with a clipboard gives it to you, it's rubbish. And where did you get that idea from? And how dare you, what she's basically, the undertone is, how dare you think for yourself? How dare you think that you can be your own doctor? And of course, that's the backswing that's happening right now. There's a this book that we always mention, Annette Noontill, The Body is the Barometer of the Soul, So Be Your Own Doctor. That's the only way to operate in this day and age, is to reject what you're being told, because as we all know, what you are being told is information from somebody who's never met you before, who is not psychic, who is just looking at a clipboard and a psychology degree they got 40 or 50 years ago, or a medical degree that they got half a century ago, and they're giving this stuff that they've been wowed with at the latest pharmaceutical conference where they got free goodie bags, a trip to Melbourne, and a pen with something written on it. I've got so much to say on oh, this. Your turn. <laughs> I'm not passionate about this or anything. Oh, I didn't really mean for this to be anti-Western medicine, we anti-doctors. We love doctors. Um, doctors have a place, but their place has been overstepped long, 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 long ago. Doctors are there. I think what we're really saying is that we have the right and the privilege to be able to question our own health and to question the wisdom and advice that we're being given. And that's what I'm really wanting. Actually, I've got to stop because Beck's bursting. I just want to boil it down. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. If your child presents with the flu, do you need a doctor? No, you do not need a doctor. What did your grandmother do on her outback station when little Jimmy had the flu? Well, I don't know. Let's go and ask her because we've lost the knowledge. But she did. She couldn't run to the local surgery, sit in a disease-filled waiting room for 45 minutes, get the latest jar of pills, shove them down little Jimmy's throat, weaken his immune system so then he gets the next thing that comes around and teach little Jimmy that he's out of control of his own body. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll just hop off Bex, the podium Bex now. on the soapbox. Good God. <laughs> angry this complete lack of self-responsibility it is unbelievable the way our society is geared to hand our personal power over to anyone who looks like they have the remotest glimpse of authority now jane and i do not have anything following our names there's no md phd bloody anything after either of our names we're only speaking passionate world wisdoms and truths that we've collected and we don't expect any of you to believe or take on anything that we ever tell you in any show we only are here to inspire you to go out and seek your own knowledge all the time. And that is your job as a grown human being. Oh, how angry am I right now? It's like I'm arguing with nobody. (laughs) But it's so important to me that we raise our children this way. Never accept what you are told. Do not accept history in schools. History is written by the winners, the people who won the battles. History is written by men. Go out and question everything. Why am I being taught calculus? How is that going to help me get get my first job as an apprentice plumber? Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why? I've been 
holding this laughter and keep going. Why are we reading the local newspaper when it is written by 18-year-old cadets who've never been sent out in the field, have no life experience, are rushing through deadline stories by 5 o'clock and pilching most of it off either a press release or the Daily Mirror? Like, everything you are being presented with is other people's garbage. I love you, Beck. I love you. Okay, <laughs> All I wanted up. to know was what else can onions do? <laughs> and you know what? It's not supposed to be funny, and it's it's that sad that we're laughing. It's, it's actually, no, actually, I'm laughing because I'm loving your passion. I'm actually sitting in this bubbling energy of passion. <laughs> oh, shut up for a minute, Jane. No, you don't. You can have a turn. No, don't. It's wonderful because you are saying let's question everything, but let's also look to our past, look to our rich histories where there is so much wisdom that has been disrespected and not honoured and forgotten and bring it back. Well, those, don't, don't take anything for granted. Question absolutely everything. Those who forget history are condemned to repeat it says the girl with a history major. It's very important. Now, listen, I'm standing in the local health food store, and this dude comes up to the counter. Dude, there's that word again. You dude. dropped dude a couple of weeks my ago too. Is, my mother is American. I'm allowed to use that word. And so he's <laughs> all like, what do I, where do I get, um, you know, whatever tea, peppermint tea, or where can I get this from? And I just turned to him and I said very innocently, you could grow some peppermint in your garden and break the leaves off and put them in your teacup. He looked at me like I was stark raving mad and he went back and asked for the box. Now, okay, I understand people are time poor, people don't know how to make their own teas, people don't know how to I want to interject here because we had a night down at my little shack at uh, at Normanville and I hadn't packed the tea to take down. I thought there was tea there and there wasn't. And Beck said, can I have a cup of tea? And I said, oh, I haven't got any. And she said, oh, that's right, let's go for a walk. And we went for a walk and she foraged. just picked some leaves out of a garden that she thought looked like they'd be good for having making a cup of tea we came back and she put hot water in it and there's her cup of tea now i was that guy in the health food store i sat there going right that's how you make a cup of tea now why did i have such a childlike stupid naive response was because that was something i'd never questioned in my life i'd never questioned i bought the tea bags I didn't stop to think, why don't I just grow my own? Where did it come from? What? So let's go back to the concept of lost knowledge. How do we regain it? Where do we go to regain it? And what fear do we face about implementing it? Yes, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me have a think. <laughs> <laughs> go back and get Culpepper's Herbal. Um, well, you know, I, I actually I pulled out uh, this week all these books that I've bought over the years. See, I've been gravitating towards it forever, but never actioned it. And I've got all these different books. I've got the Flower Essence book of, you know, this flower does this, what it does. I've got a botanics book. I've got um, like aromatherapy. I don't want to go and buy the blend. I want to know what each each aromatherapy oil does so I can make my own blends to manage myself. But it's empowering because, it's again, this is about the being your own doctor thing. It's about knowing your own stuff and and what you need and accepting that the universe will bring you the little messages that you like the, the hints or the signposts or the nudges or the advice can actually come through Dr. God, not through the man in the white coat. So, for example, you know, three people in one in one day might mention colloidal minerals or um, you'll keep seeing, like, you know, the herb thyme everywhere that you look or something like that could happen. Uh, repeats of words or images or smells uh, where, you know, you're starting to get a message that maybe your body's deficient in something or it's a bit toxic in something or it's you know you're needing more or less of something and and i think that those messages come to you often very subtly 
very subtly. And this is this is back to that whole thing where we've forgotten how to stop and listen and talk to our bodies. Now, so much of what Jane and I talk about is a, is about um, bringing your awareness below the neck so that you can deal with your emotions because that is the most neglected, underused, you know, uh, technique that, that, that that's out there in this society that people are not spending time with their emotions. But while you're down there, while you have got that awareness down beneath the neck, doing a little scan through at the end of the day, why don't you have a chat to your body about its health as well and say, you know, is there a food I'm actually craving? And you know when you get crazy things like pregnant women will say, oh, I'm just craving Farmer's Union iced chocolate milk or I'm just craving KFC fries or something. And and it's like, okay. Mine was lemon juice. Yeah. But it's like it, it might not actually be the, for example, the the fries. There's something in the fries or there's, there's some other element to it that's actually at the core of what you're craving. And it's about that better, better, better getting to know the depth of what it is that your body is crying out for, being able to feed it properly. You know what I'd love? I wonder if any of our gorgeous Love Life listeners, I'm going to ask for their help. I wonder if they've got a website. I would love a website that has got a great reputation for having really good uh, explanations of what what natural plants, fruits, vegetables, whatever, can be used in what way for certain ailments. I think there's lots and lots of them. There's no, millions but it's of almost them out like there. trying to see the wood for the trees. They don't know where to start. Yeah. So I'd love a, a recommendation of of a site that people because when I started Googling it was just overwhelming. So I'd love a site that people feel they've which, trusted. Which is great though, because it means if you do want to start to become what's called a kitchen witch, which is where you go back and you start to concoct stuff in your kitchen, you concoct your own hair conditioner, you know, concoct you've done lots of this for your children, weren't you concocting? Well I was doing cream. loads of this. I made the most amazing body cream. And then lost the recipe. It took me, I made like half a dozen different versions till I got it just right. It was incredible. My mother, who only uses Estee Lauder and Christian Dior for years and years, so only very expensive body cream, moisturizer, said to me it was the best that she'd ever used. And then I lost the recipe. Mm. And then I lost time. And as I lost time, moved on to other things. These are great things to do with your children, though. You know, spend a day like making your own deodorants, for example. Um, you know, the simplest deodorant can just be some apple cider vinegar in, in a little spray bottle and maybe you want to put a bit of um, vegetable glycerin in to dilute a couple of essential oils so it's got a lovely smell so you can choose what fragrance. Put some tea tree oil in. You've got so much knowledge like bacteria. this. I'd love it if you had this all over just your website. Get your box. You can of- just go to Beck's website and there's my answer. But there's so many other nutritionists, naturopaths and herbalists doing it better than me because that's their profession. But, you know, get a box of baking soda and put that under your arms. That's what... Lots of people are doing these days for natural deodorant, you know, blah blah. But the point is, engage your children with this, with this witchery, this, this, this. Um, you know, in in old fashioned country houses, there used to be um, what was sort of like called the ormbry, which was basically like it's like a linen cupboard slash pantry slash herbal shelf. And again, because people in villages and people in rural properties and poor people in general could not afford doctors, they had their one stop shop herbalism pharmaceutical medicine cabinet which was filled with home remedies everything was brought out of their vegetable garden that they'd made themselves like herbs of dried or things concocted um with some other slightly weirder and more unusual things that would have been in there too um but you know they they knew what to what to go and access and i think it would be a fantastic thing if everyone could have their own small version these days of the things to grab for you know the citronella for you know for your mosquitoes in summer you know that that's there or 
Oh, God, what else? Well, there's some homework for you, Beck. Come up with a a, first aid kit, the natural first aid kit. The natural first aid kit, the natural what everyone should have in their house kit. And we know that these days if you want to live chemically free, it is things like going back to your lemon juice. It is going back to your baking soda. It is going back to your white vinegar and and all of those sorts. It's actually very basic. You can actually perform 150 household cleaning functions with like three ingredients that are all natural that, that your grandmother lived on. I'd love you to write a blog about this. Would you, Jane? Yes. Here we go. There's the challenge. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. She's just giving me homework. I am. Can't one of our listeners write it? <laughs> no, you're so good at this stuff. And look, it is it is knowing where to start. You know, I mean, in a, and I am impatient and I would like to just, you know, have this endless time and endless budget to be able to go out and, and get everything and get my garden all happening and there's the knowledge instantly. But it's those first steps to start. And so I, I like your wisdom about look for those repeat messages that you're getting and that's the direction to start in Mm. um listening to your body leah i was just with a client on the phone the other day who's older in her mid-40s let's say and has found out she's pregnant she's freaking out she's actually already got two kids but this is the biggest ever shock ever to her uh this was not expected or planned and here it is and so what's she doing because she's in a place of fear She's run off to the doctors. Of course, I mean, I know you're going to do that when you're 45 years old and you're having a baby. Of course, you're going to go to the doctors. You know, most women are going to go and have a scan. They're going to go and check that it's all okay, and she is. But she's just launched into complete fear with it. Rebecca, Rebecca, they couldn't find the heartbeat. I said, darling, I had two home births. I never saw a doctor had a scan or listen to a heartbeat ever. Like, have some more trust that your body knows what it's doing. You know, if you feel that that baby is growing, if you are putting your hand on your tummy and connecting with it, if you're talking to it, if you feel deep down inside that everything is travelling okay, don't worry so much about that heartbeat yet. The baby's only a few weeks old. It will be very hard to find, you know. But keep listening to your body because the moment something feels a little bit wrong or something feels like it needs to be checked on, then you go and do it. And we have so lost these internal compasses, have we not? Like the, that mother's intuition, something's wrong with my baby, the doctor keeps saying everything's fine, and he's run the tests and they're clear, but my gut feeling says something's wrong with my baby. Yes. How often do we hear those stories? Yes, and if it exactly. wasn't for the mother who kept checking and then they found the weird rare disease that nobody's ever heard of, you know, those kinds of things. Or diagnoses of um, even things like um, – you know, sort of certain retardations and things on the spectrum, which which wasn't picked up. But the mother says, "I just knew something was different, or something was wrong with that child, or something was 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 appearing with that child, presenting with that child." Um, so this almost, I think, takes us back to our daily check in episode where we talk about taking just two minutes at the end of every day. Now, Jane and I always list the reasons why, and like I said before, it's usually because of emotions and it's usually because of self love. But if we put it into a health and wellness context, we want to be having that two minutes at the end of every day to check in with your health, with the state of what your body is. Now, your body is a massive machine. It's an organism. It's an ecosystem that's churning through millions and trillions of bits of information and it's making eyelashes and cells and toenails and doing all kinds of amazing things all day long that you have no conscious awareness of. And yet every now and then it is going to need things from you. It's going to need fuel. It's going to need removal of interference. You know, it's going to need certain things, but it's up to you as a project manager or, you know, factory owner or whatever of, of this massive ecosystem, park ranger perhaps it is, because <laughs> I often think the body's like a Great Barrier Reef, in fact. And when we look at what the effect an oil spill has in the Great Barrier Reef, well, and again, why do we pollute? Why do we put things into our body that are just 
shriveling up the coral, killing the tropical fish inside us, you know, deadening that beautiful aquamarine water. We've really got to view our bodies as these very delicate, sensitively balanced ecosystems, and we need to police and watchdog what comes in and what goes out. So what would you recommend if somebody is listening to their body and they know that they've got some sort of craving and and they know that the craving that they've got like how do they get to the guts of what it is that they need so that what was the example you gave um so they don't get the fries okay how do they find out what is it that's in those fries that they're actually really craving muscle testing okay so how so let's go through that well i think one really great option if you feel that something's wrong and you have no conscious idea what it is and if a doctor or even you've had your bloods done or something and you just can't seem to find the answer, go and get muscle testing muscle testing done like a kinesiology or NET session because, as I've said in thousands of LL episodes before, that practitioner will push on your arm and ask your body, your organs, your tissues, your muscles and cells what they are needing, what the problem is, what's showing up, what's presenting, and your body will tell the practitioner straight out. It will say, I've got an allergy to this or I've got candida, or I've got whatever it is, it's just going to come out. Um, I think, um, I know, and now now this is this is going into controversial grey area, and I've got to be careful, but I do sometimes think just using your intuition, as in maybe you go get a book full of all the herbs and vitamins or a book full of all the diseases or something, and you do a bit of bibliomancy. This is very unconventional, and that means... You close your eyes, you ask spirit to show you or give you a hint or put you on the path of what it is that you need to know about this condition. You take a deep breath and you open the book and you point your finger to a page. Well, that's no different to using angel cards, is it? It's, well, it's a bit more specific because we're using it medically. And that's the bit where I should put an asterisk in and say, then check with your doctor. But, you know, <laughs> you know, and stuff kind of but i just think you're again you have to be your own doctor your body is the doctor yes but and i'm also not talking really about serious symptoms of something really out massively out of alignment i'm talking about the fine tuning of a healthy body that is slightly right. off skew you Beautiful. know that, yeah. that then we can go safely well you know what would what what is it that i'm really craving what can i go and grab what leaves can i go and grab and put some boiling water on and drink that cup of tea or what can i go and burn in an in an oil burner or what can I soak in a bath in or, you know, what is it that I can just finesse it so I'm not going and getting those fries or getting paranoid? You know, Mm. this is just the fine-tuning of a beautiful body that's highly functioning that you're wanting to listen to and make it at its optimum best. And let's think about it this way. You know, if you just pop a pill or you just talk into the doctor or, or just do something without even thinking about it, again, you know how much I love ritual. There's a real lack of ritual. If, let's say, you've been to an Ayurvedic or traditional Chinese medicine doctor and they've given you a round of teas they want you to drink, you get to go home, you get to make the blend, you get to breathe in the steam, you get to have the whole ritual of making that that cup, that tea meditation and slowly sipping it and feeling better with each mouthful. It's a lot different to just popping a pill with a glass of water and running out the door. Well, this is the other thing about um, the placebo effect, isn't it? That that if you, the longer that you are focusing on your health, and well-being through ritual, you are raising your vibration to be at that optimum level. Yes. And so it is. And my dad and used so, to say, I used to get a headache, so I'd go and get a Panadol and drink it down with a glass of water, and then finally I realized it was actually the glass of water that was making me feel better. <laughs> I didn't 
didn't need the Panadol. I just needed a drink. isn't it? I was just dehydrated, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, the concept of back to empowerment and self-empowerment, being your own doctor, I cannot tell you how liberating and empowering it is when something presents, you jump on it, you do the research, you figure out what it is, you find the cure or the solution, and then you get to own the happy results. It is, you feel amazing. Do you know, um, a few years ago, I had a toothache, which was so bad. I remember pushing my poor kids around a park in a stroller crying from the pain. Like, I was just like, what am I going to do about this? Went to the dentist and he gave me the whole spiel about root canal. It'll take two or three sessions. It's going to cost this many thousand dollars. It's, it's going to cost all this money. So I thought, okay, went home and I Googled it. And I thought, look, I'm spiritual. I've got to check on this. I've got to check what spiritual dentists think about root canals because I'd never I never really go to the dentist so I didn't have a spiritual one so I googled holistic dentistry well what do you know they had heaps to say about root canals they said don't ever do them and I read why if you want to know why going research it is lengthy it's detailed there's studies it's got to do with the body's meridians it's got to do with energy flow it's got to do with poisons it's got to do with dead things and alive things being blocked up and all the holistic dentists said is, if you've got a tooth that is that much of a problem, you just take it out. That's what they did for hundreds of thousands of years. They didn't have root canals. They just took stuff out and the body healed itself and went on, right? I found myself a holistic dentist. I went in and he agreed. He had a look and he said, look, I've had one taken out. He showed me the one in his mouth. He said, I can take one out there. It's not going to make a big deal. It's not at the front of your face. Nobody will ever know. And I can tell you to this day, nobody has ever known I've got a hole in my mouth. No, I didn't know that. Jane didn't know. There you go. I, I see had... her mouth open a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, love, thanks. And I got it taken out. And do you know, nobody in the history of the world has ever been happier about booking in for day surgery. I skipped home. I sang in the sunshine. I was thrilled about the fact that I booked myself in for a tooth extraction, a painful bloody tooth extraction, because I made the choice. And, and this is what we want, isn't it? This is what we want, that I'm not anti any for any kind of medical Western medicine at all. Use the information and collect as much information from different sources that you can and make your own informed, educated decision for yourself. And what I'm wanting to do is become more educated in an area that I'm lacking in so that I can make more informed decisions about the health of my family. And so I think we need to fix, uh, finish it up there with, I seek the wisdoms of nature in healing. Beautiful. I had fun today. Thanks for letting me scream and rant, rave, and yell and shout, Jane, and, and all of you listening. You're welcome. And I hope you didn't mind that I was laughing, but my giggling was actually at your energy. It was just like, you could be here with me. It was pretty full on and powerful. The witch was speaking. Wait till you get me on birth. I'm putting that off because that's going to be a scary episode. Yeah, I actually won't be there for that one. We'll just let her talk straight into it. <laughs> It'll just be me shouting it, shouting it. But anyway. But look, we want to remind everybody about our Facebook page because we love receiving your beautiful uh, messages and we're quite happy. You know, most of you choose to private message with, with your beautiful stories and love your suggestions and topics and questions our page is facebook.com forward slash love life show or one word we are free every week on the wellnesscatch.com we're a half hour wednesday podcast you can find us on itunes as well and in other funny places on the internet we're popping up please keep referring us to your friends we love it when you do that being international feels exciting it does doesn't it and until next week have a really fantastic conscientious self-empowered week take back your responsibility and make your body extremely healthy Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.